This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A brand new style has arrived at Yumiko. The Camilla is a stunning high neck Leo boasting an open wrap back and front mesh chest panel. This latest creation by Yumiko Takashima has more modern flair for a standout look. And for this month only, enjoy a 15% off introductory rate on all ready-to-wear and custom orders. Yumiko is also excited to continue its virtual shopping events through Instagram Live. Two hosts showcase exclusive in-store options available to ship immediately, with different promotions offered each session. All three regions, Berlin, Tokyo, and New York City, have scheduled events for September, and if you haven't tuned in yet, be sure to check them out. Stay connected for new releases, events, and all things Yumiko at yumiko.com and at yumiko on Instagram. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Our guest today is Janie Taylor, a former principal ballerina with the New York City Ballet, present-day dancer with LA Dance Project, repetitor for the works of Benjamin Millipier, costume designer, and creator of the art newspaper Quartermarks. At the New York City Ballet, Janie amassed a broad rep that showcased the full depth and range of her talents in ballets by George Balanchine, Jerome Robbins, Justin Peck, and Peter Martins. After her retirement in 2014, Janie began to explore her talents as a costume designer and repetitor, creating designs for numerous new ballets and staging works for companies all over the world, such as Dutch National Ballet, Miami City Ballet, and American Ballet Theater. Janie returned to dancing with the Los Angeles Dance Project in 2016, enchanting audiences once again with her electrifying and unmistakable stage presence. Today, we talk with Janie about her broad range of talents and her unlikely career path. 
Today we are joined by Janie Taylor via Zoom. Janie is in California. Thank you for joining us, Janie. Thanks for having me. Janie, Rebecca is so in fun. Florida and I am in New York. So. I was just thinking that we're adding Zoom to our intros and I'm wondering when they're going to sponsor us I for know. this podcast. <laughs> they're like, whatever, we don't need you. Everyone in the world. They sure Zoom don't. 18 like, times a day. <laughs> we're, we're the only people that Zoom's the only like, place that hasn't had their stock just like depleted. Um, anyway. Anyways. So, um, Janie, why don't you just start at the beginning and tell us when you first became uh, involved in ballet and dance? Like from when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. All the way, all the way back back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can't really remember it because I was too, um, but I think (laughs) my mom, the story. Yeah. It's the same as everyone. Um, my mom was taking ballet class and I think she would bring me into the studio while she did her class. Uh, so I guess I was begging to take ballet um, so she put me in and, um, pretty much never stopped, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, that was in Houston. We lived in Houston, uh, until I was about 12 and then we lived outside New Orleans. Um, so I went to ballet school in New Orleans every day and I also went to regular school in New Orleans every day. So I would drive in uh, in the morning, usually with my dad, and then go to school and then go to ballet after. Mm-hmm. And then come very, home. Very and then familiar <laughs> story yeah. to every uh-huh. dancer we know. When did you start to become interested in the way that it could become a potential career path for you? When you started to really take it seriously and realize, like, I want to pursue this in the future? Um. Well, I mean, actually, when I was, bef- uh, probably when we were still in Texas, I, I think I broke my leg, um, oh. just like riding my bike and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I remember the, like, when I got better, they had told me to like take double the amount of ballet classes to try to get my leg stronger uh-huh. again. And I think like, I remember when I started doing that more, I think I was kind of got like a little more into it. Um, other than that, um, when I was in New Orleans, there was a girl, uh, Aubrey Morgan, who was at my school and she, she was maybe a year or two older than me. And she had already been going to SAB for the summers. And, um, she was just an amazing dancer already, like at the age of, you know, 13. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always, had admired how beautiful she was. And, and I could see, I hadn't really heard of SAB yet at that time. So I, I kind of found out about it from her and then I would see her come back from the summer and like see her even more improved. And, um, so that kind of got me sort of, I guess, finding out what there was, um, where I could go. And once I actually got got there to New York, I think my first summer program. Then I got to see New York City Ballet on stage for the first time. And that was definitely a, a moment where I I was so excited by the way the dancers were moving in on stage in that company. And I think that just definitely made me focus on wanting to dance that way, that style. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that sort of 
I think focused my attention on on the Balanchine style. Yeah. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I actually think it's a really nice um, way for a lot of our younger listeners to see that, you know, things, the way things start out don't always um, precipitate the ending. So you weren't accepted into the summer program for a year, maybe. Is that right? Um, yeah, I didn't get in the first, the first time, time I auditioned. Um, and and. Of course, I was disappointed, but I went somewhere else, which was mm-hmm. like I went to the rock school and I had like such a great time and and I loved that program, too. Um, but then when we did get back during the year, um, like I definitely stood behind Aubrey mm-hmm. <laughs> the entire like the entire year. I stood behind her at bar and tried to like learn everything about how she was dancing because um, I knew she had learned all of that at SAB and I. I had, I still wanted to go there. You, so know? you just doubled down. You were just like, I'm, I accept that. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm this is back. my, th- this is my SAV summer program standing behind Aubrey. <laughs> See, I love d- dual that. good lessons. See, don't, <laughs> you know, rejection happens to everyone. And then if you work hard, you can be rewarded. So <laughs> that's so interesting too, because you were just kind of copying what she was doing. So just taking that in, not even being told really what was going on, just to kind of intuitively take it on and soak it in. So then what happened the next time you auditioned for SAB for the summer? Um, so I got in that summer and, yeah. <laughs> and I went for, I went for two summers and then on my second summer, um, they asked me to stay for the year mm-hmm. and I did. So <laughs> I want to go back for, um, for a second to what the point you were talking about, how when you, when you were seeing New York city Ballet and you were seeing the dancers that that was like, you wanted to dance like them. And obviously I, in my mind have certain characteristics that define you as a dancer. <laughs> and I want to see if they match up. Like what, when you <laughs> saw them, not what, at all. <laughs> were, what were the things that you were like, that's what I want to put on myself. Like what, do, what did you like about it? That um, you were, I loved how, how big they moved. Um, I thought, you know, they have that sort of go for it mm-hmm. mentality that you're taught. Um, but you can really see that, like, it's so exciting to watch, um, a dancer really trying to go beyond, you know, each time, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, I just, there was so much, it felt like there was so much freedom in the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the speed and the musicality, I think all of those things I just really loved seeing. Um, you know, I hadn't seen, yeah, that was that I hadn't really seen any city ballet anything before before then, you know, any mm-hmm. videos I watched or right. So then when you were starting to become more exposed, who would you say some of your sort of idols or influences were? Um, well, I mean, when I was young, I had read like, you know, every ballet autobiography. Um, so I, I loved Suzanne's book and I was super into seeing any video of her and Allegra was, I also really loved her book. And, um, I think I, I don't know, you, even just from reading about her, just her individual unusualness was something I loved um, and so beautiful, but also had this like beautiful technique mm-hmm. to go with that, you know? Um, so I, I was kind of, at first I was sort of more into some of the 
dancers who were no longer there because those were the ones I was able to see on a video or read about in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I loved Margaret Tracy was still there. Uh, when I got in the company too, I always loved watching her. Mm-hmm. Jenny Ringer was like always beautiful. Um, but I mean, I would go, I would go every night to the ballet and whoever was on Monique, uh, Maria, like everyone mm-hmm. just, there was yeah. something, something so special about all of them. So you said that you really liked visually this style that New York City Ballet was dancing. And when you got to SAB and when you were there for the year, you were starting to be immersed in that style. Was that something that came really naturally to you? And when you put it on your body, you were like, oh, this is what I like. This is how I want to dance. Or did it take you kind of a little while to kind of shift your initial training into that more balancing style? I mean, I was definitely really aware, like my first class during the winter session, that I was like the worst one in the class, um, <laughs> but like, just like, you know, that I was really behind. Cause a lot of the right. girls, it wasn't their first year f- mm-hmm. for the winter, you know, they'd already been through at least a year of like the training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember feeling like really behind, but I, you know, it, I wasn't like depressed by it. I was like, right. okay, I have a lot of catching up to do and I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to catch up and I'm going to learn all this stuff. And, um, I think I, I've always, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I've ever thought like, oh, this is easy for me or, or like mm-hmm. adapting to anything is easy. I think ballet is just so hard no matter right. which <laughs> way you're trying to do it. I think mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. for everybody in a different way. And I definitely, um, it, it felt hard for me, but I also like really enjoyed the challenge of that. One of the things I, I love about dancing is how challenging it is. Um, just as a person, I love games and in a way like learning some sort of technique like that, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's kind of sometimes can feel like, you know, you have to figure something out like a game Mm -hmm. or, um, and, and so I, I've always enjoyed that part of the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, I, I think like one of the things I liked about learning the style was, um, like, uh, Susie, for example, one of the teachers, she, she, everything she was teaching you, you could see how special it was and to her and how beautiful it was. And, and obviously I agreed like going and seeing performances every night, I could see all those things that that all of the teachers talked about in class and um but it really made you feel like what like the importance they gave to like really doing the differences in the style mm-hmm. um made you feel like you were learning something so beautiful mm-hmm. and so you know you would have these moments of feeling like in class maybe if you finally <laughs> got your tondu all the way crossed and you know you would have moments of of feeling I beautiful <laughs> you know yeah. like not just like oh I did it right but also like now I feel beautiful because like I I can recognize this as the beauty that I'm seeing mm-hmm. that I love to watch so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So were there ways other than just sort of, uh, obviously giving, uh, full attention and focus in class. And you said you went to the ballet every night. Were there other ways that you were like, this is part of my catching up experience? Um, 
I don't know if I thought of it as, as part of the catching up experience, but we, um, my friends and I, we also would go to the performing arts library a, mm-hmm. a lot to watch old videos of things just because, you know, we couldn't really get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we would do that and we would go to the performance pretty, pretty much every night. Um, I hope the kids still go to the library. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They probably think that everything else feels so accessible, but those there's such such gems there that you can't see anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, we had less to see online because there wasn't anything online like (laughs) when I was a kid. Um, So we had to go and look for it, you know. But like you said, Rebecca, like also there's old gems there that you can't find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, today, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about. I'm just going to interrupt Rebecca. <laughs> no. Um, now let's talk about then the transition from school to company. Um, was that, what was your uh, sort of expectation surrounding that possibility? Um, what the workshop experience was like that can often lead to it? Um, that sort of thing. Uh, what was your experience in that way? To be honest, and I don't know that it was very intelligent of me. I, I had this, dream, you know, I wanted to be in city ballet and I kind of put all my intention into that. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't think much about what would happen if I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly wasn't that I was confident I was going to get in, but I just think as a young person, I, I didn't really know it was important to think about you know, what would happen if this didn't happen and have a backup plan. And, you know, I think I would have been happy dancing in any company that did do the balancing style and had a balancing rep. Um, But I, and also I think at that time at the school, there was less, like now there, there's a lot more, um, you know, talk about auditions for all the different companies and right. different company directors come into class now. And I, I feel like I don't remember that happening very much when I was there, or I don't know if I was just a totally like <laughs> in my own world unaware, but, but I know people came to our workshops to see mm-hmm. us. Um, right. And what did you do for but, your workshop? Um, so <laughs> in my first workshop, I danced in Harlequinade mm-hmm. Um and I also did the five couples in symphony and three mm-hmm. movements. And then in my second workshop, I danced in Guno symphony. Wait, am I mixing them up? There was also a Chris Wielden made a, a ballet on us, um, soiree musicale mm-hmm. for one of the workshops. Ooh, I think it was probably my second year, but I might, <laughs> I might be... <laughs> Yeah, I think is the it? second year was was Wielden's and Guno Symphony. Mm-hmm. Is it rare to do Symphony and C for a workshop or Symphony and three, three rather? Three. Is it no, rare to really? It was I, the I only time they did it, right? Wait, really? Yeah, I, thought I was like, maybe, that's what a cool workshop. And you know, um, Ashley's maybe they sister was the lead, a, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh she, she was God. beautiful. I went that. Yeah. I went to the library to watch that. Did you? Yeah, because oh, they so they cool. had they put all the workshops there for. A long time, and then they stopped. But then, oh, yeah, that's yeah. so cool! What a fun workshop performance! I love that. I hadn't mm-hmm. heard that. Love it. Sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to hear more. No. About it. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you work with for Harlequinade? You did Columbine. Um, mostly Susie uh-huh. and um, Suki. A, a couple times was also there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Um, so and then how there. did your, yeah, how did your opportunity come about to join the company? Um, I think, I, I mean, I think at the workshop, maybe, maybe at one of the rehearsals or probably after I have such a bad memory, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um, I do remember Kay, Kay coming and, and saying that I'd gotten an apprenticeship. Um, and it was just two of us, uh, myself and Melissa Barrick. Mm-hmm. got in together at that moment but there had been a group of boys in our year that had gotten in I think probably at nutcracker time so just a few months before mm-hmm. um they had gotten in like earlier than the workshop mm-hmm. yeah so then you've made your dream has come true <laughs> you're in the company uh were there ways that uh the reality differed from your expectation or was it just like okay here I am in the ballets I wanted to do and everything's great <laughs> so again I'm not sure how much thought I put into what what was my expect like what did I think the company was going to be like I just it was more like I just wanted to dance all those ballets and mm-hmm. I was so excited. I was just so excited to get mm-hmm. to do, get to go there and do that. And I, I don't think I had, I had like, you know, planned out what I thought it would be like, uh, mm-hmm. which I think was probably good because then I wasn't like expecting certain things that were, didn't happen or did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was definitely, very shy and nervous and so, <laughs> so scared to go in my first day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice that some of the guys who were some of my friends had, had gotten in a couple months before. So felt like at least there were three people in the class I knew, but right. yeah. you know, it, it, it is very intimidating to suddenly be in a room with all these dancers that you've just loved watching on stage every day and suddenly you're in the same room as them and it's you know you're kind of starstruck Mm -hmm. Um, yeah from there it wasn't too long before peter started singling you out and having you learn featured roles and perform them what were some of those first experiences like um I mean, they were great uh I, I think the the first thing I did was la valse um and that was like the first, first thing. I think that was the first, first. What, like what do you think, Michael? Well, do you, I don't know. You know? I I actually, you might is, know better than me. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking, I don't know this, but like the, like you, like you didn't do like a Demi flower before you no. didn't put you on. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't tall enough for flowers, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, I guess that's the Peter way, especially then if he, yeah. if he was interested, he wanted to just like see straight away. So Lavalse was really the totally. first thing. That's I mean, that's so special. It I was so special, but also I had never seen Lavalse. I had no idea what that was because it hadn't gone in years mm-hmm. and I hadn't discovered it at the library. And thank goodness, like um Susie, you know, she always she continued to help me throughout mm-hmm. my career and and today I you know, I still talk to her all the time. Um but so she, so she knew I was getting to learn it and she she sent me a video um, actually of Sally Leland mm-hmm. and they had filmed it. So it's this really amazing, I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, It's this amazing video and there's all kinds of like filmings, you know, it's not just a wide shot. Oh, it was like it. a TV something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, and it's interesting because, I mean, this is, this tells you how important it is to kind of go and watch things that you're going to do. So you have a good understanding of what the piece is because, Mm -hmm. you know, my first rehearsal, I was just learning one of the first little duets and it's kind of like, you know, this, this isn't a, the standard ballet where you're doing ballet, pique, susu, you know, it's like, it's very mysterious. There's Mm -hmm. like something Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit of a story, even though, you know, Balanchine didn't do a lot of story. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was, I was learning the steps, but I didn't fully understand what was going on during this duet or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So then I, you know, thank goodness she had (laughs) sent me that video because then I watched it and was like, oh, like, you know, now I understand it's in a ballroom and, mm-hmm. you know, there's this sort of dark um, thing going on behind what we're watching. And, you know, um, because, yeah, I think right away, too, to be doing something that, you know, required, I mean, I don't want to say acting because I, mm-hmm. I feel like all of Balanchine's um, works have everything sort of put into the steps already, but you know, you, you are more of like a character in this piece and, um, it's like a mood that you have to, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it's a young girl and it's a young girl, which is maybe why Peter thought of, of this one, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it is a a young girl who's naive and, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, she's literally in white like, yeah. I mean, it's obvious, like, and everyone else is in, I mean, death is in black. It's about <laughs> yeah. as literally black and white as it can be. Yeah. Exactly. That sense, but. Yeah. Uh, um, and I remember kind of, cause I've always been just myself to, as a, as a dancer when I'm working, it's always been, um, like I'm always very focused and working hard. And so, and concentrated. And so I think it doesn't always come out on my face until, until I feel like I know the steps, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's for me, it's always been like, I have to learn the steps. I have to know what I'm doing with my body, with my legs, um, before I can start to put the rest on top of that, you know, but, Mm -hmm. and I remember, I think, cause Jock was in the room with me and I remember him kind of being like, you need to like, you know show do the acting like you know like show it you know like in my first second rehearsal Mm. which was like yeah I mean I was like I don't even know the steps how am I supposed to like already do it you know 12 (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) but but you know it's nice there's always people kind of helping you out yeah in, in those ways and and you know kind of once I had that video and I had a better understanding of what it was that was helpful also. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this Laval's, I think, is a really great vehicle for the way that your your fans. We need to come up with a name for us. What is a Janie <laughs> Taylor stand? But in school, in the school, like you know, I grew up having like butterfly feelings whenever I would see Janie in the hall, oh. and <laughs> like you know, in the same way that you're talking about how you felt about Monique and um, Jenny Ringer and Margaret Tracy. Like, that's how we all felt about you. But we had this idea because of your stage personality, which was so um, built on taking risks and that sort of like go for broke movement um, that you were like a wild child or like some sort of (laughs) like crazy rebel. Um, which obviously like, and you're Total especially, opposite. yeah, <laughs> which of course I know you well now, but even as a, when you were younger, I'm sure you were even more 
um, well, you were saying you were very shy. So yeah. how did I mean, how- that's it's interesting you're t- saying that because I always one thing that I love about dancing and performing is I always felt like I got to be somebody else mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was on stage. I got to be a different person if I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, whether that was some beautiful goddess or some crazy, you know, creature or animal or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I felt like I got to be somebody different than yeah. than who I felt, than who I was all day long. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like on stage, you know, t- that you have rehearsals and people are stopping you. It's like the one time no one's going to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, you know true. what I mean? So it's really yeah. like you have this moment, this uninterrupted moment to kind of do, yeah. you know, do whatever that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we're talking about that you were quite a fearless dancer when you were dancing, still are. Um, did you have any, were you ever nervous on stage? Like what was your stage fright situation? Were you just always like, oh, I can't wait to get on stage. Everything's going to be great. Or were you kind of in the back of your mind having a panic? <laughs> I mean, it de- it really depended on mm-hmm. what I was doing. I think, I feel like for that first one Laval's like I was just so excited to mm-hmm. to have the opportunity and and you know Laval's was like I didn't have to do any pirouettes like you know yes. oh, it, yeah. it wasn't love like those ballets I know right <laughs> it wasn't like technically hard mm-hmm. I was getting to to dance with some great partners who were ex- you know experienced older I wasn't with um another like apprentice I wasn't an apprentice you know but like Mm -hmm. brand new person my age so that was comforting to feel Mm -hmm. I had like stability good people holding me up (laughs) to go down um so I just that I remember just I was really excited about and I I was of course a little bit nervous but not in a debilitating way um Mm -hmm. you know I think I definitely had times where I was very nervous for something. I think it really just depended on what what was being asked of me in the mm-hmm. piece. If it was something that was difficult for me, um, that of course would make me more nervous. Um, if you know, even just the amount of rehearsal time I had, if I had felt comfortable in it because we worked on it a lot, I would be a little less nervous. But I certainly wasn't like never nervous right (laughs) only for like a role I had done for five years now and like Mm -hmm. you know felt super comfortable in then I would maybe not get nervous um yeah yeah I don't know how those non-nervous people exist there are those people and I just I know (laughs) (laughs) but I also I feel like I found ways to help myself with that too like um you know I found like, cause turning was always difficult for me. And I found that if I really, you know, during rehearsal, if I tried to like figure out what were the things that were helping me do this turn well. Mm -hmm. um, And if I was able to, you know, when it was about to happen, just sort of talk to myself and tell me, you know, give myself those directions Mm -hmm. on how to do it, you know, correctly or well. And then, that would help me sort of not not go to the, like the nervous feeling 
if I was right. focused on that. If I didn't do that, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, it's the turn. And then I, <laughs> you know, in my head, I'd just be like screaming. Um, so I found way, and then, you know, then it was just up to chance. Yeah. Right. So I felt like, you know, as I got older, I, I wanted things to be less up to chance and more, right. <laughs> more in my control, even though, as we know, you can't control nearly anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> so when you did your performance of Laval's, did you have a sense of how it was received by Peter and the staff and that things would continue that way? Or was it just like, okay, back to the grind the next day, whatever the rehearsal schedule is? Um, I mean, I, uh, I, I can't totally remember, but I, I think they seemed happy with it. Like, you know, at the end of the performance, um, and, and I don't think it was too long before I was like called to learn something else. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's not like I went back and then was like waited another year. Right. But I also honestly, when I got into the company, like what I wanted was to, I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted to be one of the senior core girls who danced every single piece, every single night. Mm -hmm. Like that was kind of like my goal. I I didn't really get in and think like, I'm going to be a principal dancer. Mm -hmm. It was more about like, I just, I wanted to dance everything. (laughs) (laughs) And you certainly, you got that opportunity, but in, principal parts. I know I didn't, I didn't get to do nearly as much of the core stuff. I was like looking, looking at wanting Uh to learn or even stuff I understudied. I, and not for that reason, but sometimes I just didn't get to do it. You know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I think you had a career kind of like, you know, someone like Allegra that you idolize, like both of you, uh, you know, what the, when you, you first come to mind, you think of like, I think of both of your magnetic stage presences and that sort of like special quality about you. But then, you know, you did tons of technically demanding things too. Like it wasn't just like, oh, here comes Jamie, the weird one. <laughs> well, gonna, that, that just you know, happened like, like a- later on. <laughs> then it just became only the weird things. <laughs> they were like, we're just going to keep, just have you do this now. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you were always special and but you were so technically gifted too. I don't think you're, you give yourself enough credit. Like you still, you, they still made you do Tarantella and, um, you know, like third movement Bise and square dance and like these great, super grueling parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that, was that, did that stuff come sort of like after you'd had a few things under your belt and you were feeling more comfortable or is that a little bit more like you were saying like, here comes the turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- Tarantella was probably the second thing I did. Okay. And so that was like all of a sudden, yeah, like a lot of technique and jumping and turning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you're not as scared and you mm-hmm. kind of don't realize how hard what you're doing is mm-hmm. it's like as you get older you're like this is very hard what, what I'm trying to do and then you start to sort of think about that you know right. like when you're younger you have that sort of like you know um carefree yeah nature. exactly. yeah <laughs> um I mean I, I definitely remember Tarantella was so hard mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and I know I remember going to watch a video of it after and I was horrified. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've never like I I had to stop watching videos of myself for years because I just couldn't. It actually wasn't helpful for me because I would be 
you know, I wouldn't be able to just see some corrections I wanted to work on the next time. I've, it's like, I felt like, I don't under, like, why am I being allowed to do this? Like, right. it was like too much, but I think, you know, sure. that's, I think that's very normal for dancers. Yes, yeah. Not, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, and you can't see yourself the way other people see you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I had to just sort of be like, I guess it doesn't matter if I think I'm good. Like, you know, <laughs> I love good. doing it. And if someone there else is, is okay with it, then I'm just going to keep trying my best and enjoy it. That's, <laughs> you know? that's always the best way to go. You know, but, divorce yourself from it and be like, <laughs> you know, you don't actually matter. It's the public that's paying for it. So if they're <laughs> yeah. not complaining, well, I'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Tarantella for sure was, was hard. And, and I remember that. (laughs) Um, I forget what your question was. It was (laughs) just like the difference between something like that and LaValls. Um, and although you didn't do Sonambula at the time, that's another role. I think a lot of us will associate you with forever. Like these sort of (laughs) like special ballets that require, uh, like, I guess, perfume or like mystery and those things that like come to mind when anyone thinks of you, but you, you also had to do things that were just like super hard. <laughs> just yeah, like, I think like mom did, hard. <laughs> yeah. I think I did the bulk of the hard stuff in my younger years, mm. to be honest. Um, which is probably when you should be doing it because, because <laughs> you're young and you're strong and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I got promoted to principal when I was, did square dance. Um, and then, yeah. And I feel like the older I got, I think, well, also for me, I had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, that would keep me out for a while. And then I'd have to sort of come back slowly. And I think that's actually when they started putting me in some of those like more romantic roles or mm-hmm. like s- more adagio or, you know, less of the crazy jumping just because like I couldn't do it yet. And, mm-hmm. um, and in some ways that was great because I got to start exploring like other types of roles. Um, you know, sometimes you get very put into one category. Um, so -hmm. I think that helped me get to try some other types of things. Um, but then I, yeah, I feel like I didn't necessarily go back into Mm -hmm. as much of that more technical stuff either after that. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. But um, one thing I remember you telling me, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I never you, said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were cast in a lot of things that required a big jump, like Third Mama Bizet, because you had one. But I think I remember you telling me one time that you didn't when you were younger. And then one day you were just like, oh, I guess I have to like jump now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do remember a moment in Susie's class in, uh-huh. at SAB. And I guess I, I guess I wasn't, I guess I wasn't jumping very much. Uh, I guess I wasn't a good jumper. And some correction she gave me mm-hmm. just, just suddenly clicked. I could jump like really well. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I was sort of like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone to help you figure out how to do something. We will return to conversations on dance in a moment, but first we want to introduce you to the newest venture from choreographer and friend of the pod, Trey McIntyre. Trey has put together an innovative way to access new dance films created by world-class artists via Patreon. Welcome to Flatpak. Flatpak is an online subscription service that gives viewers access to one-of-a-kind original dance works created by dance makers from all around the world. 
Access to these works is exclusive to Flatpak's Patreon platform. Each month, subscribers to Flatpak's Patreon page will get access to two world premiere dance films every other Friday night, as well as immersive behind-the-scenes content. You can join now for as little as $1 per film by visiting fltpk.com or clicking the link in the description of this episode. Money raised for each film goes directly to the artists involved in the creation of the film. If you want to hear more, listen to our most recent interview with Trey in episode 194, where he tells us how this idea came about and his overall vision for the platform. Um, you mentioned a little bit some injuries that you had dealt with, and there was you spent a long period of time off stage. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those injuries and your recovery process, and kind of what your mental state was like during those times when you couldn't be on stage? Um, I mean, I think uh, I mean one of my early injuries was like a stress fracture, which is very common. Um, and that was when I was pretty young. Maybe I had just maybe been there for two years. And I mean, I mean, it's just devastating when you get injured. I think for all dancers, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, especially when you're young, you're like, oh, what's going to happen when I come back? You know, like I, right. I, I was learning Western symphony at, you know, one of the principal roles. And then, you know, suddenly you're not going to get to do that and, and you're out. And then you kind of don't know when you come back, will you have that opportunity again? Or, you know, um, but also more than that, you know, it feels disappointing in the moment that you're missing something, but more than that, you're like just wanting to be able to dance period, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I always had a similar experience, I think with my injuries, no matter how old I was, Um, I think when I was older, I got a little more like able to be like, okay, it's okay. This happens. I know what it's, Mm -hmm. I know what it's going to be like, try not to freak out about it, you know, but it's hard. You know, I think our, we are sort of in this, you're in this bubble with the same people every day working, working, you know, dancing together and our days are, you know, from 10 AM to 10 PM, like every day. Um, and then suddenly you are not a part of that and it can feel very isolating because also all your friends are at work and, but they're also so busy that they, you know, it's hard for them to find time to call you and see if right. you're okay. You know, I mean, they do, but also like, you know, I, I know what it's like too. It's just, it's all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be also, it can be kind of lonely and isolating in that way. Um, but, you know, you always have what you're looking forward to, which is getting yourself better and getting back, mm-hmm. you know, to dancing again. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, maybe not so much in the my younger injuries, but when I was older, I, you know, I realized these are all opportunities for me to think about other interests I have and, mm-hmm. you know, um, spend some of this time learning something new or doing something that I like to do that I never have time to do and mm-hmm. kind of trying to be productive in, in that kind of way instead of just sitting and like counting down the days. Right. <laughs> like right. when, you know, when can I try a tondu at PT and, you know, like right, right. trying to, I'm, yeah. I'm realizing, 
I'm realizing that dancer injuries are just a smaller scale of COVID-19 quarantine, maybe. Little right. isolating, counting down the days, and learning Let's new Let's try tricks. a new skill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. We are all well-equipped for this. <laughs> that's, I mean, definitely something we, I wanted to, we wanted to get to later on down the line interview is that you, you do so many different things. But that's interesting. I had never thought about that. I'd never thought about them in that context, but you know, you've um, created costumes for numerous different works. Like you have your own uh, quarterly art magazine, Quartermarks, um, <laughs> that we love. And uh, I mean, you're a skilled artist yourself. Like you, you have all these different things that any person would be lucky to have one. And um, so you started, you, you, you started like nourishing those sort of things when you were younger, dealing with injuries. Yeah, I would say some of them I did, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've also, it's also for me, I, it's like, I always have this feeling that I, I like have to be creating something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just like something from within, I think. Uh, so, you know, and dancing certainly satisfied that for me. But so then, you know, when suddenly I couldn't do that, I still have this um, need you know, to be creative, I guess. Um, yeah, I think some of the like sewing sort of, you know, later on maybe became costume stuff. I, mm-hmm. I did some of that during my injuries and mm-hmm. it would be better if I really tried to learn how to do some of these things. But I think like I, I tend to try to teach myself how to do it. So mm-hmm. it's like, not exactly perfect, not exactly right, but, but like, you know, close enough. Yeah. Um, but I think there were, there were a few, fewer Google tutorials out there, YouTube tutorials, like, (laughs) yeah, yes, exactly. I finally learned how to cut it during quarantine. So, well, that's great. (laughs) It made me think of that because before, I mean, you know, I would never cook before, but if I did, I just feel like, I guess a knife goes in and, you know, this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, not to derail too much, but when you first started sewing, it, a lot of dancers do sew, knit, that sort of thing to kind of create their own fashion items for the studio. Was that kind of how you got started, kind of maybe creating leotards, those sorts of things? How did you Yeah, I definitely yeah. made myself leotards. Um I mean, my mom showed my mom can sew really well, um, mm-hmm. and she showed me how to use a machine. So I I know how to use the machine, but like I, I and I think it's probably very simple. But like, I can't use a pattern. I have to like make up my own pattern that yeah. like I understand how to yeah. build or how to make off of. But it's totally not great. <laughs> um, but I think in some ways, like you know, we spend we spent so much time learning this craft like ballet um you know we went to school for it we you're still learning it and studying it while you're a professional like it's it's it never really ends and i think in some ways i'm like oh i can't imagine spending this much time to learn another thing right so i think that's part of why i'm like i'm just i can just figure this Let's out skip these steps i can just <laughs> do it my own way because it's just for me and you yeah. know nobody cares so i think that's part of it um, that's funny. I can do that with things too. And I've never really thought about it that way. I'm like, Ugh, I could read things, but like, whatever, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but funny. also at, at one point I did try to try to do school, like at the beginning while I was dancing. And I just was like, I like, 
it was hard for me. The amount of focus I wanted to put on dancing and uh, I wanted to put that equal amount into school, but that was obviously impossible because it's just, or for me, it was impossible to feel that I could put that much as much time and effort into it. And so Mm. it was kind of like, I felt like I could only do one thing in that Mm. intense of a manner. Right. But I mean, so many other people are able to do that. I think it was just, I think it's hard, hard for me maybe to. I couldn't do it either. Same. I'm no. glad we're all on the same page because every time we interview someone who went to college during, and it's like, and like, I did 17 courses. I know. I'm like, year I was promoted to principal. That? And I'm just like. I know. Like, it's so <laughs> impressive. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm it really very, is. very impressed by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I would get home from work, all I'd want to do is just like sit and look at the wall for like two hours. <laughs> just like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's totally exhausting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you you're, you say that you weren't required to do any of the hard stuff anymore when you were once you started to sort of cope with different injuries. But you still you were debuting in things all the way through to the end of your time in New York City Ballet and like, you know, super legendary parts. So, um, you know, somebody in three movements that which I think you've said is the hardest ballet you ever did. That came a little bit later. Yeah, that was later. That was um I did. Yeah. I thought that was very hard. Um, (laughs) like hard in, in a different way though, than, um, like square dance would be the technically hardest Mm -hmm. thing I did. Also, I mean, you guys know square dance is exhausting Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter which role you're doing in it. Mm Um, uh, yeah, I think that one maybe surprised me. Um, stealth hard hard about it no it's really it's it's really hard i don't know why it doesn't get enough appreciation for for that that. but you have to do you go from your solo into the six principles dance which is just like bomb.com and (laughs) then you you have to do your whole potata while everyone else is waiting and then you do the finale I mean, the potted is the easy part. The rest, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I had also thought because I had done a lot of different roles, even starting in workshop mm-hmm. in that ballet, I was like, oh, I know all these steps. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're in my body somewhere. But yeah, it was kind of like the longevity. And also doing PK turns in a circle with people around, around you, like you. going in the opposite <laughs> direction. That was just very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. That's um, so funny. That must be really, I was always like the little running girl and I was just like, focus, don't hit her. But yeah, I'm sure because you are going the other way, it must be like create a dizzying effect. That Well, I remember too, because I, I did that as well as a core girl. Yeah. And I remember like our ballet mistress, like being like, look at Miranda. Like also, yeah, Miranda goes on the list from before. Oh, Miranda. Somebody I loved watching. Yeah. You know, and we would be staring at her like, "Don't yeah. hit her," you know, yeah. and and, <laughs> and she stay in like, line. And-, and she would, she I think could like stay in a circle, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, that wasn't my strength. Um, <laughs> but I kind of remember doing it, and our ballet mistress telling me like, "Look for the girls." Like when I was doing the pink girl, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, they're running. How am I supposed to I'm do that? I'm turning and I'm supposed to be looking at them. I was like, no, I remember doing this in the core and you told us to look at her <laughs> because obviously she can't see anything. And no, you know, like, I mean, anyway, that, that wasn't why it was a struggle. It was a struggle just because that was hard for me. But, <laughs> but, um, I, That's so a lot of turns, I think either core girl or principal girl, 
that's a stressful moment. Um, yeah. In that menage for sure. So you retired from New York City Ballet. Uh, much younger than uh, I'd say the average principal woman does. You know, a lot of women go into their 40s. So what was behind that decision to sort of leave uh, a little on the early side? Well, my husband, Sebastian, who was also Sebastian Marcovici, who's also a principal at the time with me, um, he's like five years older than me. And he was, he had a very bad foot injury that he was kind of like, wasn't going to be able to fully recover from. And he was kind of, he was getting ready to finish. He was like 38 at the time. Um, and then our good friend, Benjamin Millipier, who had, who had left before both of us, um, he kind of had wanted Sebastian to come out and to, he had already moved out to LA and was working on LA dance project. He, and, and he knew he was going to be going to Paris at that time. And he wanted Sebastian to come with him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was kind of, it wasn't just a decision about me. It was a decision about us. And I had felt like, You know, Sebastian always knew he wanted to be a ballet master afterwards, and he was, you know, here he was getting this opportunity, and also with one of our great friends who we admire and believe in, um, to add to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, you know, so I mean, I, of course, I put a ton of thought into it, and I had sort of felt like, I felt like I knew you know, what if I stayed five more years? I felt like I knew what those five years would be like. Mm -hmm. Not, not that that means they would be bad or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, um, just that I, I felt like I knew I'd be doing all the things I'd been doing, which were all things I loved. I was totally happy with, with my career and, and everything. Um, but I felt like just sort of knowing, um, and, and of course, like you can't really know, like, you know, sure. years, you know, it's like one year, you know, eight principles are out and suddenly you're doing all this stuff you would have never maybe been put into, you know, like, of mm-hmm. course, stuff like that can happen and you can't plan on that. But I felt really satisfied with everything I'd gotten to do. I felt like I had gotten to do so many great things and, and, and I always had felt like, I didn't know if I wanted to dance until I was like 40 Mm -hmm. just in the sense that, and like 40 is this number, like what the, I don't know. That's just in your head. It doesn't really mean anything, but, but I didn't, I didn't really want to keep doing ballet. Like when I didn't look good anymore, like it was important to me to, to not just keep doing it because I wanted to do it, but Mm -hmm. like I wasn't doing it well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, and in some ways with a lot of my injuries, I felt like I already wasn't doing things as well as I used to. Um, just, you know, that's how I felt. <laughs> um, and uh, I kind of felt like, you know, it, Sebastian and I could could retire together, which would be like a really nice thing for us because we also – spent most of our careers dancing together anyway you know I was like Mm -hmm. oh what if he's retired and you know I'm not dancing with him anymore I mean I had other amazing partners I also was frequently with that I loved too but 
you know, it kind of felt like something we could do together, which would be special for us. And, you know, I just, I felt, I just felt like it was okay to to do Mm -hmm. it then and Mm -hmm. that I was satisfied. Um, I think no matter what, you know, no matter when, it's always Mm -hmm. hard for a dancer to stop dancing. Yeah. Um, So it just, it just felt like the right moment. Yeah. What did you end up choosing to retire with? Well, so yeah, we did Laval. So I did Laval (laughs) and um, because Sebastian was, was also my partner in Laval the first time we did it. So yeah. And then we did afternoon of a fawn together. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I didn't really, I I mean, it was, it was a surprise to Peter when we came in to tell him like we, we thought we were going to retire and um, we were kind of like, we saw this program on the schedule. It has Laval's and Fawn. Like we'd just love to do that. Those two things like, you know, we don't have to create some big program. So right after your retirement, what was your first step? Where did you guys go right away? We came to LA um, and Sebastian started working with LA Dance Project while we were kind of like, there was maybe maybe six months before the Paris thing would be happening. Um, so we, we came to LA. I was like, honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, mm-hmm. I was, I was just sort of like, I don't know. I'll see what happens. I'll try different things. And, you know, like I just knew I wanted to do, be able to do stuff that I felt, I guess, equally passionate about. Mm-hmm. as you know as I did about dancing so I knew I would want to do something creative but I hadn't I hadn't like set something up you know to yeah, go into right, right did away did that feel exciting to you or was that scary kind of making that shift it felt exciting actually um and I felt I also felt like let's take a little break <laughs> like yeah you know yeah. like have some time to just you know, chill out and think about it. And, and we were, you know, moving to a new city and everything. So there was like a lot of changes. Um, but I felt happy about it and, and looking forward to like discovering something new or, you know. So what were some of those first new opportunities that you had? Um, well, right away I started doing some costume stuff. Um, Justin, like had asked me, uh, some girls were wearing a bunch of my leotards, Rebecca, um, in <laughs> class and stuff. And, and he was like, I think I like these leotards and I think they'd be maybe good for my next piece. And so, and actually we were talking about this while I was still there. Cause I remember being on tour with him and like meeting with him in a hotel, <laughs> one of our hotel <laughs> lobby about it at one point. Um, so I sort of like, designed them for like for stage um it was for everywhere we go was the first one right was yes one? yeah I love those costumes They're thank so you I love them <laughs> <laughs> really so fun. I did so that piece premiered once I had retired you know mm-hmm. um and then I think so people were like oh she's doing this <laughs> yeah um, so then I started to get people more people asking me mm-hmm. to do costume stuff for them and and LA Dance Project asked me to right away because we we came there and they're like you know oh why don't you do some stuff here so so I was doing costume stuff and then um Justin asked me to go and set 
Year of the Rabbit. Um, so I started doing that uh, for quite a few companies. And then I also started setting some of Benjamin's works. So I was really um, doing bouncing around between costume and, and setting works. Mm-hmm. So were those, I mean, obviously like costuming, that was something that came later, as you said, but um, something like ballet mastering or teaching, was that a consideration that you had had um, in years prior? Like, did you ever think like, oh, that really appeals to me or that's something I'll be good at? Um, I think, I think I had maybe thought, you know, I would probably enjoy like coaching somebody in something. I hadn't put a lot of thought into it. Honestly, like, I feel like as a dancer, I always felt, and this isn't negative to me, but I always kind of felt like I was still a student. Um, like even when you're like higher in the ranks, like Mm -hmm. you're just, you're always learning still, or, or I think it's important to like, be open to continuing mm-hmm. to learn, like if you want to keep growing as a dancer. So it was yeah. hard for me to be like, oh, I want to go teach people ballet. Cause mm-hmm. to me, I was like, what do I have to teach? Like, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still doing it. Like I'm not, you know, I don't know. Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't thought a ton about that, but mm-hmm. um, I did like, and I also was like, I think the first one I did was for Benjamin and I like went, flew to Germany and like, you know, I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. And you're always up in Germany. I know. <laughs> I love I, you in Germany. <laughs> I spent a lot of time there. Um, <laughs> and I, I was like, I don't, you know, no one like teaches you how to teach a ballet or whatever. You know, I just kind of was like, all right, let me figure this out. I think for me, like, my best tool is is my body and being able to mm-hmm. demonstrate like the dance and everything. So I started by just like learning the whole dance as if I was going to dance it myself, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. also helped me understand, you know, the movements and, and, you know, how to do them the right mm-hmm. way and everything. I kind of figured that out through my own body. Um, and then, but I actually, I really loved it. Um, I loved getting to share, you know, a piece that I loved with other dancers and the excitement of watching them learn something new that they were probably hopefully excited about doing um, and sort of, yeah, like, I don't know, sharing, sharing that with them. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that even though you said that nobody tells you how to stage a ballet teaches you. I'm, you did. You taught me. Well, good. I remember I asked you. Yeah. To help and, and each I, other. Yeah. yeah and that was the exact advice you gave me. And I did exactly that. And you showed me how to do notes, you know, oh. you, within a framework. So <laughs> the Notes the way that I probably made up myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rather the, than learning the actual way. Well, <laughs> but you were like, you're going to have to figure out something that works for you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's no, that, funny. That, I don't know. I think that that is an, and the only way that you can get it out is if you put it in your body. Cause you're my, I mean, at least personally, my brain isn't going to store it all. And yeah, like exactly. looking at a piece of paper, like I, I've, I've never had to actually look at what a step is on a piece of paper because, um, it well, so because well. it's in your body. Not, not yeah. because it's yeah. like, Oh, what work? I, I know it all, <laughs> but it's just because like, can you imagine 
being like, you have to look at something and go, so take Lisa Padasha and then translate that in your brain and then tell someone what it is. That's yeah. Yeah. Too much time. Yeah. 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 So did you ever expect that you would return to the stage and be dancing again during this time? No. (laughs) (laughs) The answer to that is no. So how did that come about? Um, well, you know, Benjamin, uh, it's funny cause we were at my retirement party for city ballet and he was there and, and we had all these old videos playing of us, you know, and he was like watching them and, and then he was like, you know, you can come and dance for us at LA dance project. And I was like, this is my retirement from dancing party. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's crazy. Um, and you know, I was just kind of like, haha okay (laughs) um but like you know he was serious and um but you know we were living in Paris and and I wasn't thinking about dancing at all um but actually through teaching I was like I felt like I started to dance better (laughs) Um, you know, and some of those things I had felt like I wasn't doing so great anymore myself as a dancer I was like I was getting better at them by teaching other people how to do them. And, you know, suddenly I was like, I I had also from leaving dancing, I had, I had left behind sort of the stress of injury, which is just Mm. you constantly telling yourself like, I don't know, can I do this much today? Is my calf going to hold up? And you actually, you're putting these like restrictions on yourself Mm -hmm. or I was of like what I can do, you know? And um, by that you mean like walk up those stairs, walk up the <laughs> stairs, but also in class, like you know, I wouldn't do all the jumps because I knew I had a lot of jumps in rehearsal later, and right. I had I had a lot of calf problems, so I was always sort of planning out my day to get all the way to the end of the day, which is a smart right. thing to do. But at the same time, I feel like terrible. I, I wasn't, you know, you're not gaining strength that way. You're kind of just holding at like a certain. You're just place. trying to get through. And you're not like, yeah, like, like I was trying, I would also, and just because sometimes I was kind of injured, but still able to dance some, it's like, I would try, which was a helpful thing. I kind of learned to use my brain a little more than just my body. So I could do things well the first time I tried them so that I wouldn't have to try a step like 10 times in rehearsal and then like, oh, my calf went, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but then but then in a weird way, you're like also kind of losing strength by not doing a lot of repetition. It's just like a tricky, sure. Yeah. you know, if you're somebody who is prone to certain types of injuries, you know, or, ha- you know, has whatever, um, which at times in my career, like I, I was, um, but since it didn't matter if I was injured because I was just a teacher now, not just a teacher, but you know, that's, I wasn't performing. Right. Um, I allowed myself to do a bunch of stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing, but I didn't get hurt doing it. I started getting stronger and, you know, I'd be showing like an entire male variation with tours and everything. And I was like, how am I doing this? Like, I didn't think I could do stuff like this anymore, you know? Um, So, and then in a way you're like, oh, you know, (laughs) here I am doing doing more than what I thought I could do when I was dancing and Mm -hmm. And and I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I wish I hadn't quit dancing. Like, I was just like, oh, this is so interesting. This is happening now. And this is kind of crazy. And 
Um, but anyway, eventually to answer your question, uh, mm-hmm. Benjamin wanted to make a little piece for the two of us. And he also mm-hmm. had not danced for years, way more years than me. So now it had been, uh, about two years for me, I think of not dancing. Um, so he made, ma- he wanted to make a duet on us to do in one of his LA dance project galas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, all right, you know, why not? Cause also at that time I was, you know, I always loved dancing Benjamin's works at City Ballet that he made and the ones we did on gigs, not at City Ballet. And um, and uh, teaching his pieces was great because I loved the movement. And then mm-hmm. I assisted him when he made new works at Paris Opera. So I got to be in the studio while he was creating that stuff. And that was, you know, I it loved learning that movement and everything. Right. Um, so I was like, sure. I mean, I don't think either of us was taking class or doing anything, but we were just like, he started making this little duet on us. And so we performed it um, at one of their galas. And, and so that was the first time I performed again. But I still wasn't really like, okay, I'm going back to dancing. I was just like, yeah, but that was fun, you know, and, f- and fun to be with one of my partners from, you know, years ago, like, you know. Um, and then, so we decided, we all decided to go back to LA from Paris. And so then it's like, okay, so, well, so, you know, Sebastian was obviously going to ballet master LA dance project. And I was like, well, what am I going to do there? (laughs) You know, (laughs) or, or will I do something else? And, and Ben still kept saying like, you should dance, you should dance. And so I, I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a try. You know, if I hate it, I'll I'll stop doing it. <laughs> Whatever, you know, it's not. Yeah. Um, and so then that's how I kind of got back into it. I mean, there were things I was missing about dancing, um, but those are just not not to some extent that I was, you know, depressed over it or I wasn't right. happy doing other things. Um, but just kind of recognizing those things that, that you don't even notice when you're a dancer. Like this is something I love about dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to kind of identify those things in the absence of dancing and what those are things. Some of those things? Um, <laughs> well, I think you just, you know, you kind of take it for granted in a way like you don't realize like, like I just missed hearing amazing music all day long. Mm, like, yes. You know what I mean? Like I didn't mm-hmm. even realize, like I'd be like, oh, I, I guess I'll turn the radio on because like, where's the music, <laughs> you know? Um, or just, it felt funny. I guess I had, you know, I did a lot of partnering stuff and the sensation of my body being in the air was like something I was missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I would notice like, oh, it's so weird just to just be yeah, down, right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and just obviously it's a joy. I think it's like a human instinct just to move to music and, mm-hmm. you know, just the joy of, of this, that simple instinct. Um, and, you know, being around your friends, like all day, yes. working with your, all your best <laughs> friends all day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's so much fun in the studio that just sort of camaraderie, Mm-hmm. you know being part of a being part of a big group that mm-hmm. has uh, a shared much larger goal I, th- I think I loved loved that without knowing it 
Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the rep that you have danced at LA Dance Project has been really opposite of what you were performing at New York City Ballet. And it just makes me think of what you were saying earlier that sometimes you like to treat things mentally like a, it's a sort of a game that you have to like accomplish XX and X. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. You have to accomplish <laughs> things um, to, to win the task. So uh-huh. is that like, what was that like learning something that is, you know, something you've been doing all your life and yet at the same time sort of foreign? I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, the one in the room who doesn't know anything. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm older than everybody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm the oldest one. Uh, and I've, you know, danced the longest, but like, sometimes I'm like, I'm the one who knows the least right now mm-hmm. at this moment, um, which is sometimes great and sometimes feels terrible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I mean, in some ways at first, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything that different because it's a lot of it is Ben's work. So his movement feels familiar to me, even if it's like not in a point shoe. I mean, it took me a long time to figure out how to not be in a point shoe also um, because I had almost never danced on flat ever. Mm -hmm. And that's like very different. Um, But it's also interesting seeing differences like, you know, uh, even if you have a new choreographer come in, like at City Ballet, all the dancers who are in this um, piece uh, in the rehearsal, they've all had like the exact same training. Right. So we tend to kind of zero in on the same things that a Mm -hmm. choreographer is doing. You kind of pick it up similarly. It was so interesting because, and we had a couple other ballet ballet trained Mm -hmm. dancers from who had just danced, you know, in ballet companies also when I was there and when I started. And it was so interesting because we'd all be watching Benjamin, you know, to pick up the choreography. And then we'd look over and like, none of us were doing anything similar to each other. Like, it was so crazy. (laughs) I was like, "How how can we all be watching the same thing and come up with like, totally different versions of this Mm -hmm. Hmm. and I think it's it's because we're we were just taught about movement in different ways so we're like looking at it in a different way and like I don't know it's so interesting so sometimes my struggle was was like you know I'm like okay I'm focusing on Benjamin I'm gonna learn the thing he's doing and then I'd be like oh but I'm not doing anything anyone else is doing in the room and we're moving on like uh-huh. you know and so <laughs> now, so now I feel like I don't know the dance at all because like I'm not doing the same thing so this it was sounds like the girl behind Aubrey Morgan panicking that, I get, like yeah, always <laughs> comes back to me trying to look like everybody else which is just as hard as I try <laughs> that's another thing I feel like I was always trying to look like the other dancers and like just I don't know <laughs> it's like I feel like some people are like, "Oh, you have your own thing you're doing," and I'm like, "I'm just trying to look like her. I'm not trying to do something different. It's just happening." Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it, it's been very interesting to sort of like be with dancers with different training and all of us have to sort of come together and you know unify in some kind of way. I mean, I've what one thing I've always, I mean, I, during my time not dancing, 
and when Sebastian would be working with LA Dance Project, I would just follow them like a groupie, like whatever country they went and toured in, I followed them and I watched every one of their performances. And I loved the dancers. Um, like they were also individual, but but as a group, they could just really dance as a group together in a beautiful way. And it was like very exciting. I was I was very inspired by by them and you know how they could move and and at this time it was all contemporary dancers so yes so then we did do some other types of this is what you're asking non-benjamin choreography that maybe would have been way more out of the box for me Mm -hmm. um and some of it like i mean i have not been successful at but i have always been very determined like you know, I want to learn this other thing. Like I have this opportunity, like I maybe didn't join this company because I was thought I want to be a contemporary dancer. Now I didn't, mm. I didn't think that. Right. Um, I just thought it would be nice to dance again and it's Benjamin and I love doing his movement. So I'd love to be here and do a little bit more of that, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, once I'm there, I'm like, well, I want to learn about all these other things too since they're happening around me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's fun. It's like in, in class, I, if we're, we alternate between like a contemporary class and a ballet class, you know, Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. and yeah, but it's like in the contemporary classes for me, it's, they've all gone through all the training of all the different modern dance styles at school. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's not time for someone to stop for just me in the back <laughs> and like explain every you know, detail of this technique and that my weight should be here or there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I feel like I'm copycatting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, and I, you know, I can do the movement that they're doing, but, but in my head, I'm like, I know there's some, there's, there's a lot to this or like, maybe I'm not doing it correctly just because I know in ballet, there's so many, your weight is in a specific place. The place where your toe is, is very specific, you know? So it's like, I know there's just as much, you know, for sure. all these other modern techniques. Um, so, but, but yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm the one in the room who's literally had, you know, my first contemporary class was there, you know. Mm-hmm. I like um, that you're kind of back in that same spot of teaching yourself something new. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> hadn't even of, thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same thing. You keep finding those same things. Um, so just before like, we let you go, because no, we know you have a no, we know you have a meeting. So right before we let you go, and we've taken so much of your time, and we appreciate it. It's been so much fun to chat with you. My pleasure. Um, yeah, but before we go, we do have um, a little lightning round that we prepared oh, no. for you. Um, we're just going to ask you one quick question, and you tell us the first thing that comes to mind. No trick questions. You're good. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, first thing is dream role that you didn't get to dance. Bugaku. Oh, yeah. uh, second question. Favorite on stage memory? Uh, probably my first Lavals. Hmm. Um, dream ballet to stage? Um, I, it would probably really be, be really fun to do any Balanchine ballet. Mm-hmm. What is something that's keeping you sane during quarantine? nature oh, that is- yes you gotta get outside mm-hmm. gotta get outside all right Janie oh well, that's it you. okay yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait to share with everyone 
And we thank you for having, having me. You. I loved yeah. talking so much to you guys. That was great. Thank you, Janie. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.